I say... Just a minute. Just, that, just a minute. Now, hold on, Mr. Powell. Just a minute. Now, you're right when you say my father was no businessman. I know that. Why he ever started this cheap penny-ante building alone, I'll never know. But neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character because his whole life was... Why, in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? He didn't save enough money to send Harry to school, let alone me. But he did help a few Are people get... ready? Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, to Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. You know who that is, baby. So, today's Things We're Not Supposed to Talk About, it's a little bit icky, right? Planning for your inevitability, a little bit icky. But you know what? It's icky because nobody likes talking about it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. It's called Planning for Your Death today. Planning for Your Death. All right? And we went to the Department of, in of Interior.gov for some of our uh, information. We went to uh, the investmentnews.com uh, for some of our in information. So we went to a few sites today uh, or in our research as we were going along looking for this information. And what we came up with was some very interesting stuff. And I am going to prove to you right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that nobody wants to talk about this. Here you go. Ready? 67% of American households have zero to no estate planning, including retirement. Boom. I win. Nobody wants to talk about this. Look at it. The name of the show right there. <laughs> All right. Americans will engage in this kind of conversation that we're having right now. We're going to spend 30 minutes on, and you're not allowed to count it. All right? Americans will engage in this conversation on an average of one hour per year. Wow. And guess what happens when they do it? It's by forced solicitors. What? So 80% of solicited retirement planning fails because of the lack of commitment by the uh, client to seek the information themselves. Okay, we got to talk about that for a second, right? So <laughs> you've got 80% of solicited retirement planning is failing. So that means people are putting money into it and then losing a lot of that money because they're either taking it out or not paying into it again. That, that also includes, you know, insurance policies and things like that, right? Life insurance policies, whole life insurance policies and stuff like that. So 67% of American households have zero to no estate planning, folks. There's your proof right there that no one's talking about it. And I got to tell you, we got to start talking about it. So estate planning, right? Let's talk about estate planning. What is that? Well, estate planning is when you make a will and you consider setting up trusts, you know, to make sure that all your stuff is going the way you want it to go. So you should consider appointing a power of attorney to manage your affairs if you become incapacitated. That means someone you absolutely trust who's going to take care of your stuff if you become incapacitated and they don't mind doing it, all right? And maybe that's an attorney. You're going to pay that person, but that's all right. You got to do what you got to do. If nobody loves you, you got to pay the attorney. So estate planning is the process of preparing for the distribution of your assets after your death. Here are some steps to consider when estate planning, right? If you want to. Assess your assets. Always think about what you have. Like make a list of everything. Your real estate, your investments, your personal property, your bank accounts. Write it all down. Put it on a list. Uh, not just in a computer, please print the list, put it in a, a box where fire won't a fireproof box, right? Uh, and, and determine your beneficiaries. Who's getting all that stuff, okay? Make sure you want to receive your asset. Make sure you want to put down who you want to receive that stuff when you're dead. So this could include family members, friends, or even charities. Nobody cares who you leave your stuff to unless they care who you leave your stuff to because you didn't write it down. All right. So make a will. That's the writing it down part. 
right? <laughs> a will is a legal document that outlines how you want your stuff to go after you die. You can write a will out yourself. You can. Probably true. So Leslie and I just finished putting together our will, and she wants you to be the witness. You mind signing it? That's your will? You need that many pages to say, give my stuff to my wife? It's a complicated legal document. Doesn't have to be. I've had the same will since I was eight years old. This guy's pulling a piece of paper out of his pocket. Upon my death, all of my belongings shall transfer to the man or animal who has killed me. <laughs> That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Who makes a will like that? Well, you, you make a will like that if the last person who you know and love is the guy that killed you, right? So that's, that's the kind of will you make. But that's not the one we're talking about today, so let's talk about a real will. Not having a will can have several consequences. And I've looked them up, all of them. And I'm telling you right now, I do my research, okay? And I also have taken care of a couple of wills, right? My mom, my dad. So there's such a thing as uh, interstate secession, right? And that's really weird, but... That's something that if you die without a will, your assets are going to be distributed according to the laws of the state. So this, this is going to, what's going to happen is that stuff's going to get distributed to people you don't want to get it distributed to, right? Some people you never would have chosen to have your stuff because it's going to get your stuff. And then the people that want your stuff who were supposed to get your stuff is going to get lawyers and then everybody's going to get lawyers and then your stuff's going to get frozen and nobody's going to get your stuff. That's it. Stuff sits around. Nobody likes when stuff sits around. Collects dust. It collects dust. Nobody likes it. Lack of control over assets, right? If you don't have a will, you have no control over all of this stuff. So, like I said, everything that we just talked about is going to happen. Uh, there's going to be a lot of family conflicts without a will, right? You know how that works. You've seen enough TV shows, enough movies where family conflicts erupt from not having a will, okay? So, the distribution of assets through interstate secession can often lead to conflicts among family members as there may be disputes over who's going to inherit what, right? So do this. Consider setting up a trust, right? Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you want that money to be distributed a certain way, you, could, you can set up a trust. It's not hard. Um, a trust can be used to manage your assets during your lifetime even, right? And can distribute them according to your wishes when you are dead. So, there's several types of trusts. We're not going to get into it all, but there are really two cool ones which are revocable and irrevocable. All right? You can figure that out. You can look them up. Revocable, irrevocable trusts. Okay? Appoint someone who you trust, an executor. Please. An executor is the person who's going to be responsible for carrying out the provisions of the will, and whether people like it or not. Right? So choose someone you trust to manage your affairs and distribute your assets according to your wishes. Please. It's very important. Uh, that you have someone who can do that. Increased expenses. And by the way, that doesn't matter if it's a lawyer or a friend. So increased expenses, right? This, the process of distributing your assets through interstate secession create a massive amount of expense, expenses because you've got to get a lawyer to do it. That's all. Or it's never going to get done. Uh, there's going to be delays in distribution always because you've got a lawyer involved and you've got to go through a complicated state process, right? So you're going to have guardianship issues. God forbid you got minor kids. You know, and you got no will, there's no guarantee that the people who you want to take care of them are going to have the opportunity to do that. I mean, after all, look, having a will helps ensure that your assets are distributed according to what you want, right? Reduces the risk of family conflicts, and it makes the process of distributing your asset, distributing your assets faster and less expensive. So it's a good idea to talk to an attorney 
who specializes in estate planning. And if you don't want to talk to an attorney, right, because you don't want to go out of the house, right, you, you know, you don't want to talk to an attorney. You don't want those fees. So go online to like LegalZoom.com or something and make a will. It's a good company. And I promise you, they'll help you. Value this time in your life, kids. Because this is the time in your life when you're still Good having crystal. choices. Talking to a class of nine-year-old so kids. Fast. When you're a teenager, you, see the look on you think faces. you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. 30s, you raise your family, you make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened in my 20s? 40s, you grow a little pot belly, you grow another chin. The music starts to get too loud. One of your old girlfriends from high school becomes a grandmother. Oh my 50s, God. you have a minor surgery. You'll call it a procedure. Yeah, call it a procedure. You know what we're going to talk about, right? Healthcare directives, right? You, you've got to do that. And I went to health, healthaffairs.org from the Department of Interior for that. Uh, because it's the government that cares about you most, right? That's why you, you, uh, you go to their statistics. So you want to know the truth. So you go to the government statistics if you want to know the truth from the people who care about you the most. So here's we, that's where we got our statistics from, healthcare directives, folks. Make your end-of-life medical preferences known, please, right? Uh, you've got ideas in your head that nobody knows. And if you don't start talking about them when you're 75 to somebody, right, somebody else is going to stick their fingers in that pie, and they're going to go, hey, no, I don't really think they wanted that. I think they wanted this. And that's silly that they want that anyway. <gasps> we can't have that. It's your life, right? So make those things known to a doctor uh, get a power of attorney with that information. You know, let your doctor know. Like, have a really open and honest conversation with your doctor. Look, I'm 57 years old, going to be 58 years old. I'm having open, honest conversations with my doctors for years now. And it's very helpful. I'm still alive. I could tell you a story, but I won't, right? So including what treatments you would or would not want in different scenarios, like what kind of cancer treatments, if you want cancer treatments, if you don't want cancer treatments, depending on what the cancer is. I mean, it's morbid, but you've got to do it, right? So as you get older, these things are important, especially if you have, you know, uh, children or you have uh, a legacy that you have to uphold, right? So consider your values. What are your values? Think about what's most important to you, what kind of medical treatments align with those values and beliefs. Some people don't, don't want to be put on machines. Some people don't want their lives saved. Some people would rather not have their organs taken. Some people would rather not have any of this stuff done. These are things you need to think about now. Uh, if you're my age, you do, right? Uh, you're going to have to appoint a really strong power of attorney for your health care, right? Somebody who's not going to let other people's opinions get in their way. Somebody who's going to stand there and say, listen, this piece of paper says this is going to happen because this person wanted it to, and I don't care how much you love them even though I do, right? I only care what they wanted. That's why they picked me. And that conversation is going to happen right there in that hospital with your family members and that power of attorney for healthcare. I promise. And the doctors are going to listen to that power of attorney for healthcare, whether you're their firstborn son or not. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I had that power of attorney for healthcare, right? So share your preferences with your loved ones. Let them know that stuff. Say, listen, I'm taking this out of your hands. I'm giving it to somebody else. They're going to make this decision for you and for me, right? You're not allowed to do it. They'll be like, oh, you're not allowed to do that. Yes, I am. I'm doing that decision while I'm alive and cognizant of all the small of my surroundings. <laughs> and I haven't started drinking wine every day, right? So update your preferences regularly. You know, talk to your doctor every five years, right? You know, what you thought about 10 years ago 
and it's five years down the road now, and it's five years later where you've got to actually decide to make those changes, you know. So think about it. It's that's you know, ten years later, twenty years later, and you're starting to make changes in your healthcare proxies and things like that. So think about that stuff every five years so that you can make that decision every ten. All right? That's that's always helpful. Friends, last night when I sat down to write a speech worthy of my mother's 87 years, I thought I was facing an impossible task until I realized that her constant crushing disapproval was a gift, the greatest gift a mother ever gave a son. Yeah, right? So that's a terrible, um, that's a terrible eulogy given by a, right, appropriately terrible guy right now that's it you know uh so there it is you don't want folks like that <clears throat> giving eulogies at your funeral so you need to take control of that okay and we're going to talk about funeral arrangements right if you don't take care of some of the following you're going to have family members or even strangers giving speeches like that at your funeral i promise all right i've seen it happen it's ugly okay so Consider your final wishes for a funeral or a memorial service and consider pre-planning your funeral or cremation to spare your loved ones from having to make these decisions during a difficult time. So, right, right, even if you're 20 years old and your family's got a family plot and you know where, that's where you're going, right? No matter where you live in the United States, you're going there. And you know that the, the funeral home, right, that's going to be there for the next 60, 70 years because it's family run is going to be there. Nobody cares. Uh, so, and, and they have contingencies, uh, insurance plans where your, your plans will be fulfilled by another uh, funeral home anyway. That's the way they work in case they go out of business. So, um, right. You can get that done and it could take you 20 years to pay for it, but it'll be done. And then it's in your control. Like funeral arrangements refer to all of the preparations you're going to make for the funeral, for the memorial service, right. For the death of somebody. So consider what you want hard like think about the kind of funeral memorial service you're going to like including the type of service the location and who's going to be there who's going to talk right so choose a funeral director too or maybe your family has one like i said they can always secure all of that other stuff for you like this is what's going to happen right they're going to get that little click that says you're deceased the hospital going to, they're going to tell the hospital will tell them uh, you, you're going to give a card to a card's going to be given to somebody in your family, right? Before you die. And they're going to say, listen, I'm the funeral director. This is my card. When Lou goes, Hey man, give me a call. I got everything already planned out. You do. Yes. Don't worry about it. Okay, great. Uh, here you go. What's it going to cost me? It's going to cost you nothing. He's already taken care of it. Really? Oh, terrific. So boom, they give you a call. They, they call the guy, say, Hey, Lou passed away. And now he takes care of everything. He picks you up. He brings you there. He embalms you. He puts you in a casket. He sets up the funeral date. He calls everybody. I mean, it's amazing what they do. All you got to do is plan ahead. And nobody will take charge of that. And because, besides, right, if you don't pre-plan all of this stuff, here's what's going to happen. Somebody who loves you very much <clears throat> is going to take charge of that. And when they do, they're going to spend more money than you did or than you thought you were going to spend. Okay? And if you have that already there, covering the cost of your funeral expenses, no one's going to be mad at you. Here's something that nobody ever thinks about, right? Writing your own obituary. That sounds weird, right? But you can generalize it. You can get chat GPT to write your obituary if you like. I don't know, right? <laughs> or ask it to write a, a general obituary and stick your name in there. What can I tell you? 
um, a couple of cool facts about yourself. But look, you know, you don't want strange people writing your obituary either. What if somebody doesn't love you? You know, right? That gets in a newspaper, right? This way, your funeral director will send that obituary right over to the newspaper the minute you die, and that'll be it. That will be it. It'll be done. Obituary's done. They say, oh, you know, people, family members, oh, I got to write an obituary. No, you don't. It's already done. It's in the newspaper. Lou already got it done. Oh, okay. Right? Uh, let everybody know once you've got all those funeral arrangements made, too. Please don't keep that to yourself. That's crazy. Right? You don't want to keep that information to yourself. You want everybody to know that. Oh, Phil, I sell insurance. What a shock. Do you have life insurance? Because if you do, you could always use a little more. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. Ned, I would love to stand here and talk with you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, how many times you've wanted to say that, right? I know. I know how many times. I know how many people, how many times people have wanted to say that. I promise. Okay. Uh, life insurance, folks, right? It's icky, right? Nobody likes life insurance. I can tell you a couple of things about life insurance, and I'm going to. Okay. So consider purchasing some life insurance, man, uh, to provide financial security, right? For your loved ones. Okay. That's all. And that's not the only way to provide financial security. But if you don't know any other ways, that's a good, a good way to get started. Okay. So if you're 100% positive that you're going to be able to provide like 10 to 15K at the time of your death for funeral expenses, and you don't want to do all the preparations or find anybody, you just want to give somebody the money and have them do it for you, don't buy life insurance. That's it. Don't buy life insurance. You don't need it, right? If you're not going to have that money, consider how much other folks are going to be coming out of their pockets to bury you their way. Now, that could mean anything unless you have a will that says, hey, you got to bury me this way. But if they can't afford to bury you that way, guess what? Right? The executive will is going to make a decision and go, you can't afford to bury the guy that way. What am I going to tell you? Do what you got to do. And your wishes are not going to come to fruition. So that's how that's going to work. Nobody can expect anybody to pay for anything they can't pay for. So unless you leave instructions for them on how to bury you, they're going to do whatever they feel. And sometimes that's really expensive, right? You know, sometimes that could be very expensive because they love you very much. So think about that. Um, Here's something else about life insurance you need to consider. You got kids? Okay. I'm not going to say the usual thing. You're not, you don't know what I'm going to say, I promise. So here's the deal. Consider when your child goes off to college. They're 18 years old. They're just taking out about 100 grand worth of loans that you signed for. And they're not that smart. Not yet. And I know you love them, but they're going to do dumb shit. I promise. <laughs> right? Okay. So what if something happens that's really serious? God forbid, okay? God forbid. That would be terrible. So uh, their, lo their loans are going to pass to you, whether you like it or not, because you're the ones who secured them, and you can't file bankruptcy on student loans. So you don't want to pay for that for the rest of your life. That's an evil, evil thing to do uh, to, your, to yourself. Don't do that. So if you have a life insurance policy on your child for the next 10 years, um, that would reduce the financial pains and burdens that lead to more mental issues that will occur from the initial thing that happened, okay? So please, uh, consider something like that. Uh, it's not expensive. It's short-term, and um, it is what it is, all right? Uh, just know this. Always tell somebody when you have life insurance, okay? And here's why. There's a button that somebody hits that says you're dead. I know, sounds weird, but it's true. 
And that information goes to Social Security. It's at the hospital somewhere, right? There's a button. There's a secret button. The nurse sits under the desk. Bam, he's dead. And everything gets done. And the numbers go to Social Security. The information goes to the insurance companies. It goes to wherever. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The insurance company knows you're dead. And they're not going to call your family. They're going to wait for you to call them. And um, if your family doesn't know that you have life insurance, they're not going to be able to call. If they discover too late that you have life insurance, here's what happened to your life insurance if they discover too late. The insurance company kept the policy open because nobody was making payments on it, on it. So they took the money that was saved in the policy for your loved ones and they started transferring it to pay for the policy every month to keep the policy alive. And when that's gone, the policy dies. And then you discover that you had a policy and they call up and go, oh, nope, there's more money left in there anyway. And they never tell you why. And you go, oh, okay, thanks. And you throw that shit in the garbage. And that's literally what happens a bunch of times. So please make sure someone knows you have life insurance, okay? All right. And if you know your parents have life insurance, please ask them if they have life insurance. And if they, you know, old school and don't want to tell you, say, listen, here's why you should tell me. And then they'll tell you. I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, it's saying the server went down. Does anybody know that password? Because otherwise we can't do any work. Oh, uh, try password. Nope. Try zero, 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 zero. Okay, now try zero, 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 one. Okay, I'm not doing every number. Wait, um, does anyone remember when it was set up? Uh, it was like eight years ago. This is going to happen to you. Stuff? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things that were happening at the time. I mean, this is literally going to happen to you. Um, and it probably already has, right? And if you realize that, then you realize that nobody knows those things if you're gone. So... That's going to be a conversation in your house if the person who is the uh, most organized dies, right? That's the wife in my house, right? If it wasn't for the wife's ability to be so highly organized, right? I'm, I'm epic failure over here. I promise. Okay? So you go to Forbes magazine for this information, digital assets. Right? I went to Forbes magazine because I know, I know, you know, the federal government loves you very much, but I don't think they're that keen on digital assets yet. So we're going to go over to Forbes, right? So we use Forbes ma magazine for digital assets. And... Here's what they, they pretty much say to you is they, they say the same thing I've been saying about everything else is make sure you plan for your management of your digital assets, okay? So including email accounts, social media profiles, online banking information. Your digital assets include all the online accounts, files, and information that you've stored in a digital world. And I mean your Apple account, your iTunes account, all those movies you bought, so that people can enjoy them with your sign-in. And that so you can change that sign-in and own that account yourself. Okay? And put your your own stuff on there and transfer it to you without ever having to transfer it to you. Basically. Okay? Going through nobody to get that done. But if you don't do that, those fifteen hundred movies you own are gone. Nobody's gonna see them again. That's just a waste of, you know, an effort. Right? It's a huge effort. So make a list of all your digital assets. Make a list of all your online accounts, social media, email. People have got to get into your Facebook so they can cancel it or so they can memorialize it or do whatever it is they need to do to get in all those accounts. These are big deals now. Your digital imprint is part of your soul now. I'm sorry. That sounds kind of creepy, right? But you need to think of your digital imprint as part of your soul now. 
And um, it's going to be out there forever, whether you like it or not. Your legacy now is, is out there forever, whether you like it or not. So please manage it properly. Uh, store your login information securely. Make sure all your stuff is, is secure, usernames, passwords, and that they're very accessible to people. Update your account settings. Consider updating all those settings to specify what should happen to your accounts after your death. Like some companies may allow you to appoint a digital executor, right? Or set up a, a plan for the transfer of your accounts, like I was just talking about with iTunes. So you might have a digital executor that could take, literally take care of all of that for you. Who knew, right? So did you know about a digital executor? I didn't know what that was. All right. So include digital assets in your will. Include your digital assets in your will. Say, these are my iTunes accounts. I want my iTunes accounts to go to this person because they enjoy movies and my music more than anybody else I know in my whole life. And your kids will be mad at you. But what do you care? Right? To ensure that your wishes for their distribution, they make, make sure they're clearly and legally binding. I think I kept this, you know, I, I think I kept this podcast hopefully as clinical as possible because talking about planning for your death for 30 minutes is kind of gruesome, right? And we had a few funny little things in there and I tried not to give you too many opinions. Like my opinion is not prevalent in here. It, it, it's literally just facts. And because the more you hear about this, the more you're going to formulate how incomplete your process may be right now. Like, if you hear me say all this stuff to you, you don't need me. You don't need to hear me say anything else. There doesn't even need to be a conclusion to this podcast to tell you the truth. All you needed to do is hear that. That's it. And whatever you do with it, you do with it. But it's the half an hour out of the one hour that you're going to talk about, right? Your, uh, your money and your finances for the year and your estate planning. So if you do a half an hour of it where you get information that's constant and coming at you in 30 minutes in a fast rapid way that you can absorb quickly some of it's going to stick i promise okay so it's it, it, it look right you don't want to give opinions on this stuff because the more you hear about it like i said the more you start to understand that other people like you are like me too right i didn't do this stuff until i needed to do it and that's when that's when you know you start to talk about the responsibilities in your life and, and who's going to get what? And where do you want your legacy to go? And what is it that you need finished? Because maybe somebody can finish it for you. You know? Maybe you wrote an epic journal and you want it published. And you want to leave that to somebody so it doesn't get lost. And it's almost as important to you as anything else in your whole life. That's kind of estate planning too, isn't it? And we didn't talk about legacy planning because all of this equals legacy planning. But there are things that I, I want people to have. I want my, certain people to have my baseball cards, right? You know, it's going to mean more to them. You know, I want certain people to have those things. I want one kid to have this and one kid to have that because it's going to mean more to each of them if it's, if it's given that way. Not that they had to separate and say, I think dad would want me to have this. You know, that's what I'm talking about. I went in a very clinical way. And at the end of this, I want to end in a very kind of emotional way and say, you know, that the people who love you are going to know why you did what you did. And there will be no questions. And the people who don't love you shouldn't be in the room. <laughs> right? You know who they are. You know who they are. You're in control, folks. Right? You're always in control. You're human beings. Be in control, I promise. And I want to thank you today. Huh? I want to thank you for talking about uh, this 
horrible, you know, subject, planning for your death. I think it was awesome that you stayed and listened for as long as you did. Have a great day. Things you're not supposed to talk about with Louis G. Take care, folks.